0: Sit down, strap in, and granny, put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio, powered by HMS Motorsport. The leader in motorsport safety starts now.
1: Very demanding, that guy. Starts now. I guess i got to start the show now. Welcome to Lead Lap, presented by Victory Custom Trailers. My name is Tom Baker, and I am happy that we have officially now kicked off another week of... Motorsports broadcasting on Race Chaser Radio and the Performance Motorsports Network. We're uh, coming to you live from the WSIC studio as always. Uh, we've got a full house tonight. A um, couple of guests on the show. One in the studio with me now, seating, s- seating, sitting to my right, Justice Calabro from California, um, who lives here now in the Charlotte area. Is with us. Justice won the U.S. Legends Road Course World Final event, championship event uh, at at Atlanta Motorsports Park over the weekend. And uh, glad to have him on. And also going to be joining us is Jesse Love. Jesse won the Arca Menards West Series championship over the weekend at uh, Phoenix. And That was the finale of the ARCA season. Been an interesting day here in the studio because we actually, we record the Inside Pass show that we do on Race Chaser Radio that broadcasts on Saturday mornings um, here uh, on the WSIC family of networks. And we had um, Nick Moncher and also Corey Heim from the Venturini Motorsports ARCA team on that program earlier. So uh, if you go to Race Chaser Radio on Spotify or Apple or Google or wherever you get your uh, your shows from, that will be up tomorrow. And you'll actually get to hear it before the radio audience here does because they won't hear it till Saturday morning. But uh, that was a fun show. We had a good time with Nick and uh, with Corey. And now we've got Justice and we've got another ARCA racer, Jesse Love, Uh, On this show, Jesse will be checking in with us on the hotline here in a little while. So uh, lots of championships won over the weekend. Justice got his, and uh, Chase Elliott got a championship, too, in the Cup Series. And I can honestly um, smile and say, told you, it was, to me, James Mellick, this was destiny. Once he won the Martinsville race, I feel like that was... That was a sure sign that Chase Elliott was going to go get Phoenix. And for the most part, he pretty much did go get Phoenix. I yeah. mean, you could tell that he was the guy to beat. You know, he he got the pre-race penalty, had to start in the back. And it was funny watching social media go spastic uh, about that. And I just sat back. I said, he'll be in the top five by the end of the first stage. And he was. Um, and and really was just the best car uh, in the event all day long. It, it uh, It's amazing how much progress that team made over the course of this season. And I feel like, James, that Chase, the more confidence you give him, the better he gets. And I feel like now, going into next year, he is easily the definitive favorite to repeat.
2: Yeah, I agree. I believe he's one of the definitive favorites to repeat uh, if he's not the favorite, he's probably at least in the top five. You'd have to say Kyle Bush is right there with him, uh, Martin Truex, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin. You'd have to say that all those guys are up there somewhere. So Chase is definitely in the top five. I would definitely say that for sure. Yeah. Um, but I want to say what you were saying. Um, yeah, when he won Martinsville, it looked like it was just going to be for sure Chase. Uh, they got hot when they needed to get hot. That's basically how you win championships. I mean, you see it in all, all kinds of professional sports all the time. Teams get hot at the right time and make runs into the playoffs and, and go win it. And Chase got hot when it counted, uh, late in the playoffs. He had a solid year up to the playoffs, but when the playoffs started, that team started clicking. It also helped this year that Chevy uh, was more competitive this year. Um, Last year, Chevy was a bit off compared to what all the other teams were with Toyota. Toyota. Um, and Chevy stepped their game up this year compared to all the other ones. They didn't win the championship. I believe it was Ford who won the championship, correct? The the, the, the manufacturer Yeah, I yes. think you're right. But Chevrolet still stepped their game up. Um, all of them did compared to the Toyota game last year. Um, so Chevy had a solid year, and Chase just seemed like it was a, de- a destiny for him to go win it.
1: The thing that uh, really struck me was, you know, if you look at the confluence of circumstances, you had – uh, it was, it was Jimmy Johnson's final race. Yep. It was Jack Kanaus' final race as a crew chief. Yep, He's moving up in the organization and, you know, chase goes out and wins the championship. And you look at that and you've got Kyle Larson coming incoming next year. And you've got Rudy Fugel incoming for William Byron. You just, you look at everything that Hendrick motorsports has put in place right here at the end of the year. and, and, how that's going to launch them into 2021 from the standpoint of a momentum and a confidence and and an excitement factor, I think we can say that Hendrick Motorsports is all the way back. And I think we can say that uh, come 2021, they're not just going to be a maybe for a championship championship. They're going to be a big part of the championship chase, multiple cars, because I I think Kyle Larson comes out of the box strong and and, and wins a couple of races at yeah, least.
2: Yeah, I can agree. They've put a lot of pieces together through the off season to help build that organization and make themselves that much stronger. Yep. You're reuniting Rudy Fugel with William Byron. Yep. And they've already won a championship together, so the confidence there is going to be through the roof. I mean, look what happened to Bubba Wallace when he got Jerry Baxter back. His uh, finishes and all that improved. 100%. So uh, you can only think he's going to get better. Um, Alex Bowman, he's been consistent this year, won some races and hung around and been up front a lot, so he's going to be fast. Jimmy Johnson coming out. Um, like you said, Kyle Larson's probably going to come out swinging like crazy because, I mean, he won all these dirt races, so he's He's ready to go win a cup race and prove he can still do it. And then you got the defending champions. So yeah. they're definitely going to be uh, tough to beat next year. But uh, the competition is going to have their hands full, and they're going to go out there and try to race them for sure.
1: Jimmy finished fifth, which was a nice way to go out. Yes. And that's why I say, I mean, that, that car ended the year a top-five car with Jimmy. You bring Kyle in and make it a whole new season, and we go to Daytona. and uh, you, It's going to be fun you, to yeah, watch. it's going to be fun and to watch.
2: back with what you said, something I saw online that I thought was pretty cool was I saw a picture of Jimmy and all of his guys after the race there, and they all had a beer in their hand, yeah. cheering it, um, putting cheers together with it. And that, to me, was, you know, that just shows brotherhood because that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. He may not have won the race, and he may not have won the championship, and he may not have done any of that stuff that he's he's accomplished through his entire career. But at the end of the day, they're all still a family, and yeah. he respects him just as much as they respect him. Um, and that, to me, just shows how much racing is a brotherhood.
1: Well, and Rick Hendrick breeds that. Yes, he does. Rick is basically everybody's father figure he's, you know, he's, he's the dad. And, and those drivers are his kids. And that's, that's really how he feels about them. And, you know, I won't spoil it, but if, if, if you haven't seen the latest Dale jr download with Chad Knaus, and I say this to the audience as well, everybody should go watch that because there's a story in there about something that Rick did for Chad. And it's, it's just extraordinary. And it just it it tells you all you need to know about who Rick Hendrick is, and also who Chad Knauss is, um, the, because when you when you listen to him, watch him, whatever, tell his story, um, and and how he kind of got to Hendrick, went away, and came back, um, and the things that he says about Mister H and, and such, it's just obvious. You're right; that's a family over there, and and that's why I said Kyle Larson's coming in with a point to prove. And Mr. H said that he's had many, not one, many conversations with Kyle about what's expected and how. So you you know that Kyle's coming in with you know with yeah. with, with uh, the idea that he's got to live up to what he's been given. He's got a new mindset. He's not going to mess it up.
2: Yeah, yeah. Once you get to these big teams like the Gibbses and the RCRs yeah. and the Stuart Haases and the Hendricks, I'm not saying anything bad against Ganassi, right. but once you get up to that next tier um it's a completely different ball game you got to walk act talk you got to be completely different because you are a huge brand at that at that level you are the superstar yes
1: you are the superstar that's for sure and speaking of superstars you were a superstar for the weekend and uh what is it like to i mean you know you're you always did tell me that you like the road courses i you feel completely that's your background with the cards so you feel completely comfortable there
3: Absolutely. Road course racing is definitely my strong suit. I've, I've always excelled there coming from a karting background, like you said, and it's just always been the place where I've been able to excel. That's where I find the toughest competition between me and my competitors and who have tremendous respect for me and as much as I do for them. It's, I love racing on the road course. It's definitely the, the center of my passion in a legend car because those cars are so hard to handle. They're definitely a handful, and it shows just how much it takes to wheel those cars around the racetrack.
1: For sure, yeah. So um, we've got about a minute and a half, so we can start talking about it. We'll carry right. in the next segment um, in about a minute. Tell us about uh, the 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 setup for the weekend. What what was the it was one race world championship? What was what was it like?
3: Honestly, it was really hectic coming into the weekend. We were scattered all over the place. A lot of things had happened at the Stowell shop that were setting us back, and we're, we were unsure if we could even make it down there. But the setup for the weekend was we went down there, we used our practice day to the best of our ability, and it was a points weekend, so whoever had the most points after qualifying in heat races would define the lineup for the main event. And uh, we almost maxed out points, Trader was the best, but we started on the front row, and uh, it turned out to be a really, really intense race. Did you
1: lead the whole race?
3: No, we did not lead the whole race. The top four cars were trading back and forth for the lead the entire awesome. time. It was absolutely amazing.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, well. That's what you want. I mean, you, you want it to be competitive. I know, you know, the the race driver's instinct is I'd rather lap the field, but uh, yeah, I think you have a better time when when you when you know that it's been back and forth and you came out on top.
3: Personally, that's what I love the most. I absolutely agree. Uh, racing in that competitive nature. I don't I would never it doesn't mean all that much if you just run away with it. Yeah. I like being able to go back and forth with my competitors and be like, "Hey, you know, we went out there, we learned something and you all gain respect for each other in that in that point of view. You all see that you are capable of racing each other in a respectful and a clean and a hard way and that just just builds on it.
1: Yeah, for sure. We're going to talk more with uh, Justice Colabro. We've got Jesse Love coming up shortly. Lots to talk about. We're just getting started on Elite Lap presented by Victory Custom Trailers. We will be right back.
0: How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Whew. Hello. Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to League Lab, presented by Victory Custom Trailers. Now, here's the thing. If you're looking for a new trailer, and it doesn't matter if it's for motorsports or not, it can be for anything that you might need a trailer for. It can be a toy hauler. It can be a, uh, uh, a hauler for animals, horses, uh Cows, you know whatever uh, whatever you who
2: likes cows? I'm just trying to who is that that likes cows again. Katie
1: Hedinger was, uh, was when we had uh, Chris Hedinger in the studio with his daughter Katie. Katie's a 13 year old racer out of Michigan and Chris owns Victory Custom trailers and uh, there's, a, there's an awesome feature on their website. You can design your own custom trailer straight off the site, which is really cool um and katie likes to go in and design cow trailers because she's into cows so uh that was that was a, a bit of a funny story when she told it on the air a few weeks ago if you missed that show go back uh go to race chaser radio on your favorite um platform and just scroll down you'll find it uh, or go to the uh, racechaseronline.com website go to the shows page And uh, just hit the link underneath the uh, lead lap show on that page. It'll take you to the archive. Just scroll down to you find the show with Katie and Chris. It was really a hoot. She did a great job. But um, at any rate, uh, Victory Custom Trailers has all kinds of of trailers. Um, All the top manufacturers. They have over 200 new and used trailers in stock. So just go to the website at VictoryCustomTrailers.com. They will ship a trailer anywhere. They shipped one to Russia. Not long ago. So no matter where you are, if you can hear this show, they can get you a trailer. Uh, Give them a call. They're racers. So if you are a racer, they know exactly what you look for. Um, And again, they will customize it to suit you. And the more custom you want it, the better they shine. He's really good at that. So uh, give Chris Hedinger a call and uh, tell him that Tom and the folks at Race Chaser sent you. Uh, we continue with the show. we got Justice Calabro in the studio with us. We started to talk about his big race win over the weekend on the road course at Atlanta Motorsports Park at the uh, U.S. Legends um, Road Course World Final, um, which is a big deal. There, there really are people from all over the world that compete in this, right? And, and uh, Absolutely. One of the things, cause it's funny because Jesse Love actually won it uh, a year or two ago when it was out in California. And I think it was California somewhere, LA. might have been at the Bull Ring, actually, on the, or somewhere out in there. But anyway, um, and he said, you know, one of the interesting things for him is all the different languages that people were you know you'd walk by and somebody speaking you know french or whatever
3: there was there was a lot of italian drivers yeah. there last year but unfortunately because of covid there weren't as many uh, oh that's there were as point. many national people there this year well, okay. international
1: international yeah that's a good point i hadn't thought about that so that probably hurt the uh, overall car count a oh, little oh
3: not at all the no? car count was tremendous this year we almost had a 30 car field wow. in the semi pros
1: but i wonder what you would have had if all of the others would have been able to come in.
3: Honestly, I think the car count may have been a little bit more restricted. It would have been more diverse when it comes to like international okay. drivers, but okay. there there were definitely have been some people that would have been more afraid to show up that showed up this year compared to last year.
1: Okay, so um, now how long was your feature, and and you know what you, you said you battled back and forth. Talk a little bit more about the race itself.
3: The race was absolutely a blast. It was a ten lap feature. It was uh, a mile and a six track. It was. It's quite a long road course. It was a whole lot of fun. We cut the course down this year compared to last year because the 1250s were blowing up, although there weren't that many 1250s in the feature this year. Yeah. But they cut it down from the long course, and I think, personally, it made for a lot better racing.
1: That would make sense to me, honestly. See, I think a shorter, tighter course with the Legends cars would make for better racing.
3: There was such a long straightaway. it It became a lot based off of just drafting and trying yeah. to block the drafts, and there was such a gap in performance, like if you had... Just one less horsepower, you'd lose two tenths on that straightaway easily. So now with the shorter course, we're still getting to about 100 miles an hour at the flag stand coming yeah. into turn one. But it was it was an absolute blast racing on that track, and I, I l- cannot wait to go back next year.
1: Well, that's awesome. They, they had it a while back. Uh, this is probably, gosh, 2007, 2008. They had it at uh, Sonoma. And, yeah, at Sonoma. And and one of my clients went out there, and, and uh, he went from 26th to 3rd in, like, five laps, something like that. And then the motor blew up. I said, no, the motor didn't blow up, Tommy. The motor quit. The motor said, that's I it. I I'm that's done. It. I'm out of here. You're, you're, you're beating the crap out of me. Goodbye. Uh, pedal. I can't and, take it anymore. Yeah, I can't take it anymore. I said, the motor just went on strike and left. That's what it did.
3: Last year, the um, mo- my motor could not handle it. That's why we didn't make the feature. But this year... I can't say we had more luck overall, but we definitely had a lot more luck on the racetrack.
1: I just can't imagine. Again, you know, even though I mean, especially at Sonoma, but you, you know, you're doing probably pushing 140 there on the on the long straightaways, and it's like if you ever lose control and start flipping, you'd flip until Tuesday. I mean, you know, you'd still be flipping on Tuesday at noon. Um, it that's it's crazy. Uh, some of the courses that the road courses that the Legends cars do run on. Um, and for those who aren't real familiar with the legend's cars again these are basically snowmobile engines for for the most part I mean if you want to um, make a comparison it's not a V8 out of uh, you know a, a Camaro or something
3: No the new motors are three cylinder uh, fuel injected water cooled they are they are a beast of a motor although they're oh, three they cylinders 100 one hundred and thirty horsepower it 's about a one to ten power to weight ratio on that race car, and yeah. that is a tremendous handful it is
1: yeah and and I see that 's why I think they 're such great training vehicles
3: well absolutely and,
1: uh, you've been you 've been racing them now for uh what about three years
3: coming up on three years yeah,
1: yeah. it 's yeah.
3: definitely we have i have excelled personally as a driver tremendously driving these cars coming from okay equipment and to now our team is definitely moving up and improving, and our program is building with us and I, as a driver and my coach are both improving tremendously it's gotten to the point now that i can absolutely coach my teammates like we took my friend logan who is here with us tonight and a few other teammates down there and the whole the whole weekend i was coaching them on the racetrack and helping them break time
1: that's awesome well i mean running for for jordan and and, and all and the stowell team i mean those guys are great anyway absolutely so amazing much fun people. and and just really good people to race with and and uh, Jordan's done a great job with with the organization. And and, and you're right. I th- the you know, the uh, uh, not only the, the the level of competition on the track, I feel like you've you've gained over the last few years. The team overall has. But I think the off track part of it, too. Everybody gets along. Everybody's a good time. Um, really, a, a, a nice setup over there.
3: We are absolutely more of a family than we are a race team. Yeah. Like everybody is exactly. so tight. We're all yeah. close. We're all helping out at the shop any, any chance we get. And it's just, it really is being like a part of a family, especially with Jordan and Walter. They're so hospitable. You can show up to the shop any anytime and Walter put down what he's doing and help you out. Sure. It's, yeah. They're amazing people, and I'm very, very happy to be part of that family.
1: Well, uh, it's—I'm sure it's been a fun three years for you. Probably hard to believe that it's actually been three years
3: already. Honestly, it really has. It's really hard to believe that it's been three years since I got here. Little uh, hotshot kid showing up at the shootout three years ago, and nobody knew who I was. Yeah, Microsoft Word design race car. (laughs) (laughs) Shooting stars come a long way.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But you—you've been fun to watch, and it's been great to see the improvement that you've made over the course of the 3 years the you know just the uh um in the line and the consistency and all of that it's been a lot of fun to to watch you um you know the shootout is a very difficult 10 races to say the least and you know if you can run up front and compete there you can, you can go anywhere and compete in the legends car
3: absolutely we were we were duking it out hard at the shootout yeah. this year that was our race to lose pretty much every time, and I learned a lot racing the shootout this year. I, I got imagine. to race against Jansen Marchbanks, Jake Walkman, my absolute arch nemesis. We all have a lot of fun racing against each other. Uh, even even Nate Tredo out there at the shootout in the semi-pro class. The top ten cars were pretty much battling back and forth every week.
1: Now, have you had a chance to go run any of the bigger tracks yet, like with the uh, southeast southeast legends tour that i can never say for some reason correctly
3: i have not had much of a chance to go out and run those bigger tracks yet because we were really cautious about the shootout we didn't want to go out to one of those big tracks with like not not a whole lot of experience under my belt and have no car for the shootout when we were second in points so definitely coming next year i'm going to be going for that asphalt national title and i'll definitely be running that southeast tour and we're going to be going out there and hopefully hopefully taking home some top fives and hopefully some wins up there
1: See, I think the Southeast tour actually right now is the best deal going. And, and with all due respect to all my friends at Charlotte, uh, it, you know, the shootout is obviously its own dog. But um, the Southeast, they've done a great job with that tour. They're, they're, yeah, we got—we uh, ran at Tri-County a couple of weeks ago. I say we because I, I broke out my spotting knowledge again for the first time in about five or six years and uh, went up and spotted Daniel Wilk. I think they had 26 cars there, 25 of Open them Open class, right? Um, well, yeah, it was all one group. We um, we started 25th, finished 2nd. Yeah, Ford. Daniel drove his butt off. But, I mean, these were very competitive. I mean, it was all the best of the best. You know, you had everybody that um, – all the best drivers from the area were, were there. Carson Ferguson was there, and uh, the kid in Lambert's car, the 11 car, was there. Um, you know, I mean, I, they, just – It was a great field, and and they do a nice job with it. Uh, Nice companion to the Southeast uh, Super Trucks shows, which is a nice class to step up into if you're looking to do something on a budget like that. Um, The um, pro late model... Carolina Pro Late Model Series, another great uh, way to go. Um, you know, there's some good options for stepping up, but if you're just trying to get more experience, the Legends car and bigger tracks, you can't beat the Southeast Tour.
3: No, oh, absolutely. That's why we're definitely going to be going hard and running those tracks next year. No hesitation. We were a little spooked after Citrus last time, where we pretty much totaled our car and after I don't know five laps out on that racetrack. But coming into a lot more confidence and a lot more luck
1: hopefully into 2021. And I mean, crashes are part of it. You're going to, you know, you're going to have those, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a tough situation, but you just got to persevere through them. But yeah, it's, it's definitely, I think that tour, um, you know, that tour will, will complete your, your legends knowledge, so to speak. Are you planning on doing any, uh, big car racing at all next year?
3: We've got a lot of, a lot of things going on with the team right now, including Ford performance. We've got A lot of plans coming up, hopefully, in the next few months that will allow for some big track racing. I know Jordan's going to be hopping back in the late model and paving the way for us as, like, the younger drivers on the team and hopefully getting our feet wet in the late model series. But we're not rushing into it because we're going to definitely go for that Legends title this year, and uh, that extra experience in the car absolutely does not hurt.
1: Well, we're going to take a break. We've got Justice hanging out. We're going to have Jesse Love here in a little bit. Uh, Much more to come as Lead Lap, presented by Victory Custom Trailers, continues from the WSIC studios right around the turn.
7: Parents, your
4: son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road high school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot left, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed. Ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on weight to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444.
8: This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat?
9: Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: Hi, this is Tom Ingram, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Lead Lap, presented by Victory Custom Trailers. Tom Baker with you in the WSIC studio. We've got uh, Justice Calabro in studio with us, talking to him about uh, his big win in the U.S. Legends Road Course World Final. Um, And speaking of... uh, Speaking of drivers who won big races over the weekend, the driver who also won the U.S. Legends, I believe, Road Course uh, World Championship event uh, a couple of years or so back, I believe, if I if I remember correctly, Jesse Love, did you not uh, win that out in California or Vegas or somewhere a couple of years ago? Yeah, Tom, how's it going? Um,
10: yeah, I won that uh, in the Young Lions division when I was like I think thirteen okay. uh, in Las Vegas.
1: I thought I remembered that. Uh, Justice Calabro is in the studio with us from uh, the Concord area, and Justice won it over the weekend at Atlanta Motorsports Park.
3: Yeah, no, that race is, that's, that's a blast. I heard you were the youngest winning driver in the Arca Series to win the championship. That is quite an achievement in itself.
5: Yeah,
1: thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, Jesse, let's, uh, obviously, let's let's start where, uh, where we are here. Uh, this past weekend, you went out and, and uh, won the championship it wasn't necessarily the feature result i thought you might achieve uh as far as where you finished but uh i got the feeling maybe you were just uh playing it safe to a and making sure that you uh have what you needed to bring home the championship so you kind of uh uh protected the battle a little bit to uh make sure you got the war
10: yeah 100 percent. Yeah, the whole race was just the whole weekend actually it was just us trying to uh you know, understand where the nine car was, and put ourselves in a position to. You know, we can't control what everybody else does, but we can control where our car is in relation to them. And uh, the whole race, we just try to find a gap and find a hole, and and put ourselves in that in that hole. Whether we had to drive forward or drive backwards, that was our goal the whole weekend and throughout the whole race. And uh, we definitely did that very well, and uh, we kept our car very safe, and you know, not a scratch on it. So that was uh, really good. And uh, the whole team did a great job at you know making sure that we were in the right position to do so
1: well that's uh that's a great way to do it, and you know again, you always want to win every race you're in, but in the situation that you were in, I feel like uh better to make sure you win the championship so when you when you took the checkered and and you realized that the race was over, it sunk in in that moment, or did it take a little bit to realize that you were actually the youngest champion? uh, in ARCA West history.
10: Yeah. you know That was definitely on the top of my mind the whole weekend or not in the top of my mind, but, uh, definitely in the back of my mind the whole weekend. Uh, and also just being the youngest NASCAR champion in history as well, was was obviously, well, that's true. Uh, yeah. You know,
1: NASCAR owns it now. Def- yeah.
10: Definitely an important goal for me for sure. And, um, yeah, well, you know, when I crossed, crossed the line and, and knew that we were safe and, um, you know, got to pick up the championship flag. That was super cool. And, Overall I'm just, you know, super happy and fortunate to uh, and blessed to be able to be in the position and we definitely did a great job all year. The whole team did an amazing job and we put ourselves in a great position to uh, to be as, you know, fourteen points ahead was, was definitely a good buffer for us and we were able to capitalize on it really well.
1: Well you you did a, a, a pretty mean burnout for a youngin'. You'd think you'd had a lot of experience or something
10: yeah that was pretty cool um well, and also, and I didn't have any breaks either, so I oh. couldn't uh I couldn't you know do uh like a slow roll burnout, but um I just figured I'd send the thing in the corner or on the straight away the dog leg part and just uh just burn it down and it was pretty cool. It actually turned out to be a really cool burnout and um it was my first one too, so that was pretty cool and overall, just a lot of fun the whole weekend and I felt pretty good to do that.
1: Well, uh what do you need brakes for at Phoenix, right? I mean, you know Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What a way to go out, a car with no brakes. Yikes! Uh no wonder you were fourteenth. Uh that's uh that had to be quite interesting running the last part of that race, especially with uh with no brakes. But um yeah, you had the chance obviously it's just your first year with Bill McAnally. Uh and you know, you'd you'd run the, the, the South Southwest, uh, late models, uh, prior to that. And of course the junior late models and pro late models and such, but, um, this was a really big step up for you. And I feel like you set the tone early with the super late model win in Florida, um, in the spring during speed weeks. And then I feel like from there it was just like, okay, I think I can go do this. And it, um, it took you what three, was it three races before you, you got your first win, ironically enough on a road course.
10: Yeah, two races. It was my second race in the West Series, and we were able to get a win.
1: Yeah, that's uh, it's pretty amazing. I mean, when you look back at the year, um, you know, you had you had the wins, and and you you just it seemed like all year you were, uh, you were a factor. If you weren't winning, you were right up in there. And I think the the consistency that Bill and his team obviously bring from the years of experience in the series um, had to really kind of help shorten your learning curve by a whole bunch for sure and
10: obviously having all the you know opportunities to work with a bunch of cool different drivers was definitely you know a big step up for me i was able to do that with working be able to work with derek and being able to work with guys like christian Eckes for and be able to understand you know what notes they have on different racetracks and be able to access those notes for Um, really big and and being able to do the simulator and things like that and um, personal preparation was really important too and overall just had to put all the pieces together in the puzzle and and, you know everybody at bmr and toyota uh, gave me everything i needed to win the championship and that definitely went a long way
1: now you also had the chance over the course of this year to run a couple of races for venturini motorsports and uh, we had, uh, we, we, we taped our Inside Pass show earlier today here in the studio. We had uh, Nick Moncher and we had uh, Corey Heim from Venturini on. And we were talking about the difference between the two motors that are run in the ARCA series. Um, you know, the O'More motor, obviously, versus the Yates motor. Now, you guys, I think, run out west. You're still running mostly Yates motors, right? Correct. Yeah, and you, but you got to run the Ilmore when you ran for Venturini. From a driver's point of view, what's the difference in the two motors and and what do they demand differently from a driver? Yeah,
10: so the only time that i ran an Ilmore this year was at Pensacola. Um, at Winchester, I actually ran the Yates motor too. And, oh, okay. Um, yeah, and, and overall, there, there's a few things different, obviously, driving wise. Um, the only thing that's different, you know, mechanically is. Uh, from a driver's standpoint, it's just the throttle linkage is a lot shorter, so you have a lot less delay, oh. um, which makes it a little bit harder to actually keep the tires under you. but um, that was a little bit different of, of something to learn at Pensacola, but uh, as far as like performance wise, you know, I think that Parker definitely got better, but um, you know there's still a pretty big advantage with the Omore. Um, the car with the car was lighter and uh, and but you know it's kind of hard to say there's an advantage with the eight. Uh, the only thing that's really an advantage with the 8 is, is you have a lower center of gravity. Okay. Um, but the and the 8 also has more torque, but the Ilmore is able to make up for it with, uh, with being able to run a lot more RPM um, so and, and have a lot more uh, gear. So there's a few things that uh, the Ilmore definitely has in the 8 that makes it difficult for when so our, we bring our West car to uh, some of the East races, and especially places like Phoenix where there's a big racetrack. But... Um you know, we ran did with the eighth motor when I ran the twenty car at uh Winchester, and uh, I feel like uh, the team every team I ran for this year did a great job uh, no matter what the circumstances were
1: some really uh cool personalities of both groups and of course, I know the Venturini group better because they 're over here uh and you know it's uh it, it it it's good that you were able to do that that sort of split. Schedule like that and run a few shows for a different team because I think it gives you an opportunity to um, to improve your ability to communicate with somebody different on the fly, like you needed to when you went over to Venturini. You've got to kind of find that chemistry pretty quickly because you're you know you're only doing a, a race or two, so you know there's not a lot of time to learn each other. For
10: sure, and, and that's one of the things too, where as a driver you have to put in the work uh, before you get to the racetrack. Like- going to the shop and, and hanging out with the crew chiefs and hanging out with everybody at the shop in general and learning as much as you can about the car to uh, make sure that when you, do, when you do get to the racetrack that uh, you're the most prepared that you can be and um, you know there's a definitely a different things that happen on different teams so uh, you got to familiar, familiarize yourself as soon as you can and uh, make sure that you're as comfortable with the team as you can be too and, and that's one thing honestly that you kind of have to let go of is you know being comfortable with with teams and relying on that because as you know you get older and you go up the ranks more as a driver you have to be able to adapt really quickly and uh, I feel like I've done a pretty good job with that this year with uh, no matter what team I go to you know I try to uh, adapt that team and mesh that team as fast as I can so um, definitely really important to uh, be able to mesh with the uh, Venturini lower sports team as quickly as well as we did this year
1: well that 's uh and it 's definitely a uh, i think a, a a situation where you uh, you may be spending more time who knows with Venturini in the future and it 's always good to get that head start now uh, we got about a minute left in this segment, so we 'll carry this into the next one if you can hang with us for one more segment, but I want to start uh, Uh, well first before i go uh, i was going to go to the dirt side of things but i do want to ask you this so you 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 win the race the other day uh you won or you win the championship the other day and you know you're 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 now the champion what was the post-race dinner what was the post-race celebration talk about what happened after the race with the team yeah
10: you know as a team it was really important to uh, make sure we could celebrate afterwards but uh, I had a lot of media obligations I had to go to. And <laughs> I know that uh, some of the team went out to dinner and, and they got a good steak dinner, which was nice. And some had to go uh, go fly home. And my deal was just I had to go do a bunch of media stuff at the media center and take some really cool pictures. But it's a good problem to have when you're taking front and stretch pictures at Phoenix. So um, really cool by the whole team. And they definitely had a good time. And uh, there were a lot of happy cameras over at the 19th pit. That's for sure.
1: So, what did you get? Cheese and crackers?
10: Yeah, I know. Actually, I just went home, and, and I actually had a long – we brought our coach out, so um, went home the next day, and, and I've just been uh, getting ready for uh, the next few races I have coming up.
1: I got you. Well, we're going to talk about that when we uh, come around the turn here. We'll go to the dirt side of things and talk about what's going on over there and what kind of cool stuff you're into. We'll be back with more with Jesse Lowe. we got Justice Colabro in the studio as well. We Lap, presented by Victory Custom Trailers, continues right after this.
7: When Marlon Shirley was five years old, he was in an accident and lost his foot, but he
10: Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Hey, hey.
1: Welcome back. Cooney Lap rolls on, presented by Victory Custom Trailers. Tom Baker and Justice Calabro in the <coughs> studio, along with James Mellick, uh, punching all the right buttons to keep uh, all of us on the air. And on the hotline is none other than Jesse Love. Jesse, uh... We've talked about uh, the ARCO championship a bit and uh, your season in that series, but there's way more to you than that. Uh, you've spent some time this year racing uh, sprint cars as well as racing for Keith Coons in the um, Power Eye and USAC Midgets. And I know, again, this is really kind of year two for all of that. Um, and yet it. it I have to think that at some point it feel it must feel a little bit like the better you get, the better everybody else gets, because the competition in both of those types of cars is just so deep and so wide across the country that it's I mean, you think you think, well, you know, gosh, I mean, I want to go race against the best anyway, but even if you wanted to go cherry pick something, it's kind of hard to do that because everywhere you go, uh, there's just a ton of competition. Uh, Talk a little bit about your progress this year on the dirt side.
10: Yes, I mean, obviously growing up running pavement, you know, it's a little bit different going to the dirt stuff than, you know, like Chris Rebell or Kyle Larson coming to the pavement, obviously, so um, similar but different, and uh, this year we've been making some really good gains, and uh, obviously the last race I ran, uh, you know, led for a really large majority of it against some, you know, really, really good guys, anywhere from, you know, Buddy Kofoy, Jason to uh, Logan Feedy. And yeah. um, just a really good, a uh, lot of competition, in the Power ice stuff and the USAC stuff. So uh, they're getting a lot better and, and, you know, getting really close to that win. And um, last one at uh, I-44 kind of slipped away from us. So hopefully we'll uh, get two spots better and, and pick up a few wins on the West Coast. And that's the plan. I believe we can do it for
1: sure. I was going to say you're going to the West Coast, and and I know you know that you enjoy the tracks out there. And um, but what a privilege it must have, must be over these last couple of seasons to run for Keith Coons and his group. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like to drive for a top-notch organization like that, uh, and and also what's the relationship with Keith like and what, what, what does he, how does he kind of mentor you, shape you, um, talk a little bit about all that. Yeah.
10: It's really cool being on the run for, you know, a team like AKM where, uh, there's some, there's so much stuff going on and you're racing so much. So it's a lot different than, uh, you know, things are on the pavement, right? So it's cool to see the differences being a pavement guy and also being able to run a lot of dirt too, uh, to where you can, really see those differences and be a part of, of both organizations. And, uh, you know, Keith does a great job at leading the team and, and putting people in the right places. And, um, I think that's something that Keith does really, really well. And, um, you can't, you can't really argue that, uh, he's anything but the best at, uh, putting people in the right places and he's done a great job at that. And, uh, so overall, just the whole KKM team right now is, uh, they're all doing a great job and, uh, I can't thank all those guys enough for developing me and, and making myself better and being able to control everything that I can control on the track.
1: Well, um, when you go from the sprint car, the midget, or to the midget or vice versa, talk a little bit about the m- mental adjustment that takes as a driver because I think a lot of people would probably say, well, the sprint car is just a bigger midget, but it, it's really not quite that simple, is it? <laughs> No,
10: definitely not. There's a lot of different things that come with sprint car racing. And, uh, you know, one of them is you have to change your mindset around. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can drive a sprint car, and it seems like every year um, somebody kind of comes with a different – or not every year, but every few years there's somebody that drives a sprint car a different way, and, and they kind of break through. And, you know, you see Kyle doing that right now. You saw Donnie do it. and um, Kimzer do it. All the, all the guys that have done, you know, great things, and obviously Brad, um, they all have their different driving styles you know they have some guys like sheldon hodden um you know so sprint car racing is a little bit different from midget racing in, in that aspect of it and you definitely have to change your mindset around to be able to adapt the best you can and, and sprint car racing is just you know you're so you know everything in the kitchen thing on the racetrack all the time that you're always pushing the car to its limit and, and normally you're pushing it over the limit so um midget racing you have to drive it a lot differently and That's one thing that I've been learning is, you know, distinguishing the two and and being able to become, you know, not just a better midget driver, but, you know, being able to be a smarter driver. And um, that definitely transfers over to the sprint car stuff. And uh, you have to do a lot more thinking than you think you do, uh, than you think you'd have to in dirt racing in general.
1: Is the midget more of a finesse kind of car than the sprint car? Is that what you're saying?
10: So you have to finesse them in different ways, you know. In the sprint car, you're you're anticip- I guess the best way to explain it is that you're anticipating things different, um, differently. So in a midget, right, you're still going fast, and you actually sometimes it's like you're going faster than you are in a sprint car, even though you're clearly not. But um, you know, in a midget, you know, you don't have, really have things to slow you down like a wing and and bigger tires and bigger brakes. But in a sprint car, you know, you're going a lot faster, so there's an, an inertia aspect of it in a sprint car, and a midget. You know, you're focused. On, I feel like you're focused more on you know tire wheel speed because you know how fast the car is going in a midget compared to a sprint car. uh It's really important to be able to put your car in the right place, right? So um, it's it's just like a dance you have to do in the race, and and always making sure that uh, you're in the grip and, and you're always moving forward and, and carrying your momentum. That's a big thing in the midget too, and. In the sprint car, you can you can get pretty tapped out. So um, it's really important to get your momentum up and, and not let anybody take it. And that's why, you know, you'll see some guys win a sprint car race one night, and then the next night they'll be in the back of the feature. So it's a weird thing to see happen, but um, there's a good explanation for it, for sure.
1: That's interesting. Um, now, there's obviously some pretty big late-season shows uh, for those cars. What have you got coming up on your schedule you know, we get around Thanksgiving. There's big events. Uh, you know, and and it really probably continues right into early December. Talk a little bit about what you've got left on your racing calendar for the uh, crazy 2020 season.
10: Yeah, so you know, I hear the term off season a lot, but it doesn't. You know, I make sure it doesn't apply to me for <laughs>
1: for a few reasons.
10: Uh, you know, you can't you can't really get out of the seat, and you have to work hard during the off season to get yourself prepared for the for the regular season you have to prepare yourself in the regular season to have opportunities to right. race in the off season so um, you know part of me was planning on going to maybe a place in australia or new zealand doing some dirt racing there but um with the COVID and the in the, the travel restrictions i figured maybe wait a year and, uh instead of going yeah. down and, uh it, just the travel part would be such a hassle right now and uh, I had so much stuff coming up in 2021 that it would make it a lot more difficult, too. And um, But overall, we, you know, making sure for the rest of the year that we close out right with uh, the West Coast Swing is a really important race, a really important, you know, whole almost a month-long uh, dirt racing, you know, journey, I guess you could say. So um, some really crown jewel events. Uh, unfortunately, Turkey Night's not going to happen this year, but, um, you know, still you have the Western world. And, and the Hangtown 100 or two really huge races yes. that I want to that I want to win really bad, especially for KTM and getting as close as we have been, I'm, I'm ready to do it. And uh, then I'll be doing in the off season I'll be doing uh, the Winter Heat at Charlotte and the uh, Legend Cars for Joe Ryan. So that'll be really cool. And and uh, you know making sure my road racing gets uh, even better. And, and I definitely enjoy road racing. And with the you know changes NASCAR is making with doing more. Uh, road horse racing in the future is is super cool, and I think it's a good thing too. So I got to get good at it now.
3: Well, I look forward to seeing you at the Winter Heat.
1: Yeah, now, no problem. Wait, now, when you, so you're coming to Charlotte to run the Winter Heat? Is that what I heard you say? Yeah. And you're running for Joe Ryan.
10: Yep that's
1: uh, that's what it's looking at, looking like right now. Breaking news. Uh, where's where's Sealman when we need him to do his breaking news sounder sounder there? Uh, wow, that's uh, that's interesting. I I hadn't heard anything about that, uh, Jesse. So that'll be fun to have you over here for um, a number of events. Good it's, chance uh, for
2: you to get him into studio. Yeah, out, he's yeah, out west. So it's we a good chance to become e- exactly, he's coming east to get him in here.
1: Yeah, bring him into the WSIC studio. and We'll do some radio together uh from in here that'll be fun and uh, yeah uh my uh studio mate justice uh, will be running as well for Stillwell racing so uh you'll probably be um i don't know is he going to be uh, what what class you're going to run just running pro yeah he'll probably run pro you're still yeah, in young lions correct. right
3: no i'm running semi-pro
1: oh semi-pro okay that's right yeah um so you won't be racing against each other so uh that uh, that's too bad. That would have been fun. Actually, that been very to watch interesting. the two of you uh, square off out there because I know Jesse runs well on the road courses, and you just proved you did. Well,
3: we'll um, be looking at the time boards. We'll see who comes out. on Yeah,
1: time. there you go. Fun stuff. Well, that's good, Jesse. So you're, th- you'll even be running through the winter. Um, and and I don't. I know it's probably way too early for you to confirm anything about twenty twenty one yet. So I won't put you on the spot to do that. But um thank you i appreciate that i know that uh i know that you're looking forward to whatever's in store for you i think i can say that safely right
10: yeah 100 percent. you know next year is something that i've worked really hard to put myself in a position where i don't really have to worry about where i'm going to be uh, i just know i'm going to be somewhere somewhere where, I, where it's a good place to be and and but it has you know given me a lot of great opportunities so i'm really looking forward to next year and hopefully we'll be hearing that some more about that pretty soon
1: Y'all who are listening can just uh, work on solving that riddle if you want, but uh, you're not going to get it out of me. So, uh, okay. So before we let you go, Jesse, we want to give you an opportunity to say uh, thanks to whom you need to. So I know you got a pretty long list. So go ahead and do it. Yeah. First off, thank you,
10: Tom, for having me on the show. It's of course. Always a pleasure to be here. And uh, thank you to everybody at the race Base, Toyota, and Bill McInerney racing and, uh, all the fans are tuning in. It's always a pleasure to be on the show and hope they'll be back on soon.
1: Well, I hope that... Uh... Hope that you will as well. We'll make that happen. And like I said, we get you into the winter, and get you over here to run the legend stuff. We'll t- try to get you in the studio and uh, do some radio with you. Uh, so that is Jesse Love. We appreciate you being on. Congratulations again, my friend. You did a great job uh, wrapping up the championship the other day. Uh, that's your 2020 ARCA Menards West Series champion, Jesse Love. Off he goes because he's got another interview to do here before the night is over with. So we'll let him go get to that, and we'll step aside and be back with... Uh, more lead lap right around the turn.
5: Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you.
4: Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Minicky is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: We're about due to get Spencer Boyd back in the studio again. We haven't had him in in a little while, and every time he comes in, he's got another new sponsor that he's introduced to the sport. Uh, that I just young want man... some beef
2: jerky. I just want <laughs> some of that beef jerky. That's all. <laughs> I'll
1: remind him. That sounds amazing,
2: well. the beef jerky they got. I want to try that.
1: Yeah, I'll remind him to bring the um brings him in next time he comes in next time we have him i'll make a note to remind him because uh that's uh from what i heard it's really good i haven't had it.
2: i'm a but. huge beef jerky fan like i just love it and i've been dying to try we'll get it him, man uh, we've been hooked on it too for a long time get beef jerky? Oh,
1: yes yeah. he's, he's uh spencer's a good dude and uh you know has you know he had a decent season this year not i uh, know to the expectations that he would have liked and um, you know, that Young's Motorsports would have liked, but uh, had some good performances. So hopefully good things in store for him for next year as we continue with uh, league Lap presented by Victory Custom Trailers. We've got Justice Colabro in the studio, and uh, Justice is uh, coming off the win at the U.S. Legends, that's uh, Legends Cars, for those of you who are just joining us and don't know what they are. Um, Legends Cars Road Course World Final, which is basically the world championship race, which was held at Atlanta Motorsports Park down in Georgia. Now, um, after you won and you had this big old trophy, you went somewhere. I want to know where you went. I want you to tell everybody that story about where you went Your post-victory celebration took place somewhere very familiar to uh, NASCAR Cup fans, especially yesterday.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. We took a trip down to the Dawsonville Pool Hall to uh, watch that championship race with Chase. I'm a huge Chase fan myself, so it was definitely exciting being able to be down there and uh, feel all that energy from those fans. But we went in there, and uh, I really don't look like... I'm from around here, so that, I, I kind of stood out while I <laughs> no, was down there. No,
1: you really there. don't. No, he's, he's, he's from California, and he's got the hair to prove it.
3: That's... I got the hair. I got the big collar. You know, I don't, I don't really blend in with you guys down here, unfortunately. Sometimes I wish I did. Like well, I told I,
2: you – oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. I no, thought I, you were done. You... Like I told Tom a while back, you just mentioned uh, you're a fan of Chase. That uh, made me think about the first time I ever met Chase. First time I ever met Chase, uh, I was doing a – ARCA race for Billy Elliot Racing, and it was with Casey Roderick driving, and it was a West Palm Beach, and Chase Elliott stood on the wall beside me, and I didn't I had no idea who he was. He just had a sweat, uh, sweatshirt on that said 2000, I think it was like 13 maybe, or something like that, super late model champion. I had no idea who he was, so I asked him who he was, and he told me who he was, and since that day, I still know him, say hey to him, and all that stuff, so I was happy to see him win it too.
1: Yeah, he's a very humble guy. Yes, it, it, very was, humble. it was great. It was. Too. And
2: he didn't look at me like, are you serious? Like, gave me this look like, like I was crazy because I didn't know who he was because yeah. I didn't. He just was very nonchalant. He says, I'm Bill's son. I'm Chase. And I was like, oh, well, hey, nice to meet you. And he was very humble and nice about it. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: he always has been. He's, that's a quality. But you went, so you went to the pool hall, um, and other than getting a few uh, stairs, um, Talk about your experience there. What was it like? What, what's it look like inside? Tell Honestly, it, I, some picture.
3: it gave me a, a lot of different energy than I was expecting. I was expecting a bit of a rowdy, uh, you know, kind of a club-slash-bar feel, but it was really wholesome and family-like. It was you know a nice checkered floor. It got the uh, wall lined with all the newspapers from Bill Elliott winning and uh, all of Chase's incredible victories. And it was just really nice being in there with all the Chase fans. And uh, a few people came up to me asking me, like, you know, who I was, why I was there. And uh, somebody asked me to bring the trophy in from the track, and that thing was hefty. So I come walking in from the race car, and everybody starts looking out the window and seeing me holding this big silver (laughs) cup. (laughs) And and as we were walking in, uh, actually one of the guys from NBC Sports with Chase was actually there with NASCAR talking to Rutledge. So they were doing the live look-in from the pool hall, and we just happened to be there with the trophy on the table. While they were doing the live looking, and uh, oh, did you
1: get some TV time? A little bit, yeah. I
3: started. Way the ch- cool. I was the one who started the chase chant on the uh, at the pool hall. Everybody started going chase,
2: chase, chase.
1: Oh, chase. really? Wow, there we go. So that is a moment you'll never forget.
3: No, it was absolutely amazing. That's awesome. Got a few pictures in there too. That was really fun. Yeah, I
1: watched the broadcast somehow. I must have missed that. Last clip that they did because I didn't see that I would have known the trophy and would have went, wait, what, what is that? No, it can't be.
3: I, I wasn't there when they rang the siren. We had to head home. We had a long drive, but I was definitely there uh, when they were doing the first live looking.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I didn't, uh, didn't notice that, but that's, yeah. The, see the siren would have been the whole point uh, uh, to be there for that. Um, and I, I never, I never have heard the story about how that all got started or, or what the you know the purpose of that was but i guess somebody just thought it would be probably the first time bill won or one one time when bill won somebody thought it would be cool to do and it, and it just stuck
3: i mean yeah that's how things start it's, you just, it's just an interesting way to celebrate that's unique to them
1: so you had a fun trip to georgia now obviously you've you've run the whole season um and you you've had a, a pretty good season overall
3: oh compared you, to last year we've had an incredible yeah. season We made uh we secured first in North Carolina points, so we are the state champion. champion. State champion first semi pro. Yep, and we are nice. We are top ten in national points, which doesn't mean a whole lot this year. I believe they're just doing state and regional. Yeah. So that we—it's an achievement for Stowell to be top ten on the board there, for and sure. I'm happy I was able to take them there. And North Carolina State champion ain't bad. There's a whole lot of competition out here, so it's definitely be good on the top of the board there.
1: Well, yeah, that's fun. That's a great year, Justice. And uh, like I said, you've worked really hard to. To uh, figure all of it out, and, and you've listened well, and, and you know, again, you're, you're, your driving has evolved each year to where it is now, which is great.
3: Absolutely. I mean, in our first year, I believe we had one win, and over the last seven races, we've had five wins. Unfortunately, we, were, we missed it a little bit at the shootout, but coming towards the end of the year, our, uh, our win streak definitely picked up, and it was definitely nice to cap it off with a race like the, uh, the World Finals, which is my pinnacle. I was waiting to do this race all year, and I was stoked to be there and Got even it. more stoked to win. Great it's, job! It's still sinking in, to be honest.
1: I bet. Yeah, that had to be really special. Um, so that's it for you. You're done for the season now, except for winter heat, obviously. When that yeah, starts.
3: we are we are done for the season as okay. of now. We're going to yeah. be going to Auburndale and racing the winter heat in January. Okay. All
1: right. And, and oh, Auburndale is that because the last I knew they hadn't settled where they were going to do the
3: yeah. No, they are doing winter the, nationals at Auburndale.
1: Auburndale. Okay, so they've been there before, so it's a return to Auburndale. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, that'll be fun. So you and you're you're basically focused on. Legends National Championship uh, next year. Yes, sir. um, And then maybe doing uh, a bit of big car racing. We have a little,
3: I believe we have a little bit of late model stuff planned for next year. Mostly testing. We might be able to get a few races in. Not sure 100%, but definitely our sights are set on getting that national championship. Absolutely.
1: Now, um, you told me a story that uh, during the break that I just couldn't believe, and I, and I'm, I, I debated whether right? I even wanted to put this on air, but I'm assuming it's been out on social media and everything. Somehow Absolutely. I missed yeah. it. Uh, but uh, tell me about what happened with Stowell Racing's equipment.
3: So, the week before we went to Winter Nationals, like I said before, it was a bit hectic trying to get down there. Uh, All three of our racing trailers were stolen with equipment and cars inside. It was a lot of money and equipment. It was one guy who came and just kind of took it all, snatched it up for himself. One guy over from 8 o'clock to 3 o'clock in the morning just came with one truck and took all the trailers. It was absolutely nuts. We found one of our trailers. They've had one located, and they made an arrest on somebody. We don't know if it was the guy who stole all three of the trailers, but... We are uh, thankful for AK Performance for, letting us, for, um, for them letting us borrow one of their trailers to take it down to the racetrack, and it was definitely a, a huge hand. We had a few difficulties while we were at the racetrack. We had the um, cars got stuck up in the top of the trailer. Oh, boy. So we had to get the uh, forklift to get them down from the top oh of the gosh. trailer. And we were, it was just it was a mess down there. Wow. We had the whole car, legend cars flying up on forklifts 40 feet in the air. It was, that was very hectic. And my car was stuck on the top shelf at the very back on feature day. So, I'm like, "Oh God, oh please, please tell me I can get it down. And
1: after all of that, you went and won
3: yeah, after wow. got the we got the heat win and we got our feature win, so that was it was well, definitely a good weekend.
1: I hope they catch the slime balls that were responsible for that, get the equipment back and bury them under the jail. I just that is just such I hope so a, too there's I no reason somebody for that would do that to and steal people's pride I it's, just that is <laughs> I know especially you
3: know? the people like the Stillwells, they're such wholesome and loving people it's like. They didn't even have security cameras up.
1: It's Unbelievable. Well, this now they will now. I was trust I'm say I would hope that they learned from that because uh, you just can't be too trusting of, with anybody anymore in this world, sadly. And uh, that's a that's a really really uh, tragic thing to have happen. And and hopefully they'll uh, they'll be able to recover everything. We've, it's just ugh.
3: fortunately the things that were in the trailers weren't really of much use to these people. Like they found the trailer broken into, but not much was stolen. Like what are you going to do with a bunch of legend car fenders and? I don't know – you look what, at a lot of the parts in these trailers and do you, you don't know what to do with them.
1: Why do you take the tra- – like, well, if you don't – I mean, I know it's all – They stole all, two the, kids'
3: bandoleros. Like, well, that, it's all that's rhetorical questions. Stumb.
1: What are you going to do, run around the backyard on the farm? I mean – Exactly. Know, it's unbelievable. Well, um, my best to the Stillwells. I hope that uh, they get everything back and, and, like I said, I hope they uh, – Hope they find the, the the scum that are responsible and bring them to justice. That's just terrible.
3: No, absolutely, but terrible. The, the Stillwells have been doing really good right now. We got a lot of big things going on, and we are very excited for the 2021 season.
1: Well, that's good. That's uh, again, you know, it seems like that's how the Lord works. When uh, something bad happens, he 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 automatically, you know, makes something good happen out of it. So hopefully that'll uh, uh, that'll be the case for you guys. I know you've got a lot of people that. Uh, help make things happen for you. So I want to give you a chance to thank them.
3: I mean, there's there's a long list of people to thank for me. And when it comes to people that have helped me in my racing career, my family moved all the way across the country to be able to let me live out this dream. Still racing has been more than a dream to work with. They've been incredible people. Honestly, we've had um, Z-Max come on board and help out tremendously and Butler built seats. We got Lander Springs and Bill Stein. All of them have helped out tremendously with products and promoting us and us promoting them it's been a great deal working with them and hopefully we have four performance jumping on board fairly soon to be able to do some big things
1: oh, that sounds great we uh, look forward to uh, more from you uh, look forward to winter heat and uh, hopefully uh, a win or two in that as well and uh, look forward to, to seeing what you can do in florida next year also
3: absolutely and uh, this win means a lot for me coming in from world finals because my grandmother in NLA had just passed away, and oh, my sorry, grandmother yeah. out here was just diagnosed with pancreatic cancer Ugh. within a, a month of each other. So I am, this was all up on the table for them, and my mom was in the hospital all weekend while I was at the racetrack. Mm. So I had them all on my back and on my shoulders, and I just carried them to victory lane, yeah. give them something to be happy about, God all the people bless. up top watching above. That was for you.
1: God bless you all and my best to your your your, your family. And, and uh, man, that's uh, unbelievable. Well, great job to get the win for all of them. And, Thank you uh, very much. been great to have you on the show. That's Justice Calabro, and uh, we'll be talking to him again soon, I'm sure. We'll be back with more of the show right after this.
4: Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency.
6: Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer that fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com.
3: Hi, this is John Andrasic of Five for Fighting, here for Rad, the entertainment industry's
0: voice for road safety.
10: Hi, I'm Jesse Love, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Well, gosh, you'd think we were uh, talking to Jesse again. Uh, Jesse Love bringing us back. We had him on earlier on the show. Uh, if you missed any or, uh, any part of the show, or you want to go back and listen to some of our past shows, there's an easy way to do that. Actually, there's a couple of them. First of all, if you want to do it, what they call on demand. If you got Spotify or Apple or Google or tune in any of the music slash podcast platforms, just follow Race Chaser Radio. That's all you got to do is three words Race Chaser Radio. Just search that, hit the follow button. That way uh, you'll always do, know when new content is uploaded. And Uh, You can find uh, each show there the day after it airs is how that works. Uh, So this show, of course, uh, live on Monday, it'll be up on Tuesday. And uh, if you uh, wish to just go to my website, you can do that too. Uh, If you'd rather, if you don't uh, do any of the podcast platforms, you can just go to racechaseronline.com, racechaseronline.com or racechasermedia.com. It'll take you to the same place. And just uh, hit the uh, Shows button up top on the nav bar, and that takes you to our Shows page. And there is a playlist for each of our Race Chaser shows. And uh, so you just find the show that you want to listen to. And if it's not the current one that you want, if you want an older one, there's a link under each show. Um, and you just click on the link, and it'll take you to the uh, playlist, and you just scroll down, and you can find the show that you want to listen to. It's pretty, pretty easy. Uh, Tom Baker with you in the studio. Justice Calabro has uh, departed; he's got homework to do, so we're going to let him get to that. Uh, been fun talking to Jesse and Justice tonight. Uh, two young racers working their way up the ladder. Uh, Jesse, of course, uh, in the at the Arca level and running um, midgets and four ten sprint cars. Uh, picked up the arc of West championship last this, just this weekend here at Phoenix and uh, justice winning the road course world finals for the legends cars in the semi-pro division. That's uh, awesome. I saw the last lap of his race and uh, he and another uh, competitor swapping back and forth a couple times on the last lap. That was really cool to watch. Uh, just uh, again, shows you uh very humble guys and, um, And bright futures ahead for both of them, I think. Both of them from California, too. So with that, we roll on here, and uh, we'll talk some NASCAR here because we can. Uh, Not too much in the way of local racing, except for I do want to make mention that we had the North-South shootout over the weekend. Um, And the big story out of the shootout at Carraway was that Max McLaughlin, jumped into a modified for the first time in the South into uh, Gary Putnam's 77 Curb Records car, went out and won, Uh, which really is awesome. If you don't know Max, he is the son of Magic Shoes, Mike McLaughlin, and again, me being an old duffer from uh, New York State, (laughs) I remember when Mike was first getting his start on the dirt tracks up there, Ran a super modified. The Oswego ran modifieds for a long time, and then came down south here, and, and obviously had a great career in NASCAR, mostly in the Bush Series, um, and very successful work for Joe Gibbs Racing for a long time. Anyways, uh, his son Max is, uh, is is making his own name, and um, Max is a big winner on dirt in the. Uh, what they call the center steer modifieds, I heard to him referred uh, uh, heard them referred to as uh, up north. I call them mud buses because that's what we know them as. Um, but uh, the the dirt modifieds up in the northeast, uh, super dirt cars. He won a big race there just a few weeks ago, and then jumps in this uh, NASCAR tour type modified and uh, goes and runs the North South Shootout first time he's been in the car, and I think the first time he's probably ever been at Caraway. In, uh in a car and and goes out and wins the race so uh congratulations to max we're trying to line him up for one of our race chaser shows here either this week or next as soon as uh, we can get him and um he's just he's been on our shows before just a great kid so congratulations to him f- for that uh we've got one more big modified race this season here in the south and that's down in Florence South carolina november 21st. Um, it is the Charlie Powell Memorial SC-400, which is basically the new Myrtle Beach 400 weekend. It's a triple bill. We've got NASCAR-type late model stocks. We've got the pro, the Carolina Pro late model series. And we'll have the Smart Modified Tour as well, um, all racing on that Saturday, November 21st. So mark your calendars the weekend before Thanksgiving And that should be a fantastic show at Florence Speedway down in Florence, South Carolina. Okay. Let's hit uh, NASCAR stuff here. Um, We'll get uh, James Mellick back uh, involved here. And uh, again, um, if you were under a rock, Chase Elliott is your 2020 cup series champion. Good run for Chase. uh, And this race, again, several other inside storylines. First of all, Probably the biggest. We said goodbye to uh, two of, to me, NASCAR's classiest people um, in terms of driving. Jimmy Johnson retired from full-time NASCAR competition. And Clint Boyer retired. Uh, He'll go to the Fox booth next year to team with Jeff Gordon and Mike Joy. Jimmy Johnson goes to IndyCar to run for Chip Ganassi on the road and street courses, which is really most of the season next year. So, um, James Melick, if you – what do you – just share share your thoughts on uh, both Jimmy and Clint. I guess we can start with Jimmy. What are your thoughts?
2: Um, I was sitting there watching Jimmy go around the track, and the only thing that was really going through my mind was this is a guy that I watched growing up as a kid, just like the Jeff Gordons and the Tony Stewart's and a guy who dominated – an era of any NASCAR yes, fans, sure. um, any NASCAR fan just watching it. I mean, it just dominated that era for any fan. Rather you loved him or hated him. This era. Yes, this era. <laughs> he dominated I mean, this era. It Rather you just loved him or hated him because he was always beating your guy or if he was your driver and you loved seeing him go to victory lane, um, he changed NASCAR. I mean, I don't think you'll ever see anybody win five in a row again. I mean, I don't want to say ever, No, but five in a row, is that's a feat. To win it back-to-back it's is hard com- enough. Yeah. To do five is incredible. And uh, he's going on to bigger and better things for him. Um, obviously, we all still believe NASCAR is the best thing for him because we want him to stay. But uh, he's going on oh, to I don't. a new chapter in his life.
1: <laughs> I can't wait to see him in an IndyCar. I'm thrilled he's going. Oh, I'm,
2: I'm thrilled he's going for sure. But obviously, the sport of NASCAR and all the NASCAR oh, fans would like for him no, to I stay. Get it. Um, but I'm excited to watch him in an IndyCar. He actually had a test today, I heard. He had to go do one of those, which yeah. is, uh, probably went pretty well, I'm going to assume. Um, but then Clint Boyer, that's another one. Um, Clint Boyer, he was always fun to watch too. He was always one of the ones you always looked forward to uh, radioactive because you always knew there was going to be <laughs> yeah. something with Clint Boyer on radioactive. So I definitely am going to have a different perspective now listening to the radioactive with uh, Boyer and even Cash. You know, He was the light of the show when they would always do something with Cash. So it's definitely going to change some stuff on the broadcast standpoint with those two. And it's even going to be different as a competitor out there on the racetrack without him.
1: The thing that uh, strikes me with Jimmy Johnson, um, when I think about Jimmy Johnson, what you realize is that most of the time, until the race gets ready to start, if you're just a fan kind of following it and paying attention to the weekend and whatever, or maybe you're at the track, you basically don't think about Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy was never the guy in the middle of the limelight. He was never nope. the life of the party. He was never the class clown. That was Clint. That's <laughs> Clint Boyer. You know, Jimmy just was always, he just kept the head down and did his job. It wasn't that he was shy or, or, or was trying to be sort of standoffish or whatever. He, He's just a nice guy.
2: Yes, he you is. You know,
1: there's nothing particularly flashy about him.
2: Yeah, he was actually. I believe I read an article there. You can confirm if I'm right here. I believe he was the one who organized the uh, pushing of Bubba Wallace's car up to the front, yeah, wasn't he? I think he was. I the, believe the, he was the first one to have the idea.
1: The know, idea, like, idea, yeah. The I mean, he is. Of, yeah,
2: he is so humble with all of his competitors. Um, that he is truly going to be missed in that garage, and it's just going to be different without him there.
1: Yeah, he was—he was just steady as a rock. That's how I always described him. Yeah, I mean, you know, it—it's interesting because when you when you, if you just for like I mentioned the Dale Jr. download earlier with Chad Canales, if you watch Chad on that show, you know that Chad Canales is not the Chad Canales that Jimmy Johnson got on the pit box and on the radio all weekend. That's no, not, no, you know, and they, they, they're they so much alike in sort of their natural day, you know, when they're just being them, but you get them into the middle of competition. And, and, you know, I think Jimmy is cool as a cucumber and Chad is wound as tight as a snare drum, yeah. you know, and, and, and they just
2: bring out the best in each other
1: or, and the worst and the worst. Yes. Yeah. 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 They would sit and um,
2: argue and then people would say, well, uh, now look at him. They're arguing. Is that going to fix anything? And then the next week they'd come back and win.
1: Well, I remember that there was once at Daytona where Jimmy, I think he just scraped the wall or something. He pancaked the right side or something. Um, maybe in a practice. I don't remember. And he, um, Chad said, Chad got on the radios and bring out the backup. Jimmy's like, well, no, no, no. I want to, the, the, we can fix this car. The, Chad said. Guys, bring out the backup. Jimmy's Jimmy says, but I want to run in the Chad cut him off and says, Guys, bring out the backup. <laughs> He won the primary car. It. Yeah. So it was just, uh, you know, it, 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 there may have been a few uh, other uh, words exchanged in there that, that didn't get aired. But, um, you know, again, it's uh, it, it's an amazing thing, the dynamic that, that Rick Hendrick over the years has created, and especially that he has now, because, my gosh, you've got Jeff Gordon, you've got Junior still very active in that organization. Jimmy's going to still be active, even yep. though he's, doing other things um you know rick rick wants to know what those guys are thinking about what he wants to do and whatever always consults it's just it's uh it's an amazing dynamic and an all-star cast over there now and what a what a group of mentors Kyle Larson's going to have coming in and uh i just uh i i, I think we're all going to miss jimmy johnson on and off the track and uh, yeah. i'll share my thoughts on Clint boyer right after this stay with us
2: Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio.
10: Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Uh, We continue with Lead Lap, uh, presented by Victory Custom Trailers. And I want to also acknowledge... MyComputerCareer.edu, training for a better life. Uh, the folks at My Computer Career have been big supporters of uh, what we've got going on with Race Chaser for a couple of years now. We really uh, love those folks and appreciate them very much. And we believe in what they do. More importantly, uh, if you've not, uh, if you don't know too much about My Computer Career, it's pretty simple. If you're looking for a first career, a second career, a third career. Uh, Whatever your current situation is, professionally, if you feel like you need to change, uh, my computer career might just be the answer. Um, It's IT, and IT is one of the fastest growing industries, has been for some time, and there are still um, over 200,000 jobs unfilled in this country because there are more demand for uh, qualified folks to fill the positions, and there are supply of those folks. So uh, my computer career is trying to change that, and they really do work with you as much as mentors um, as compared to just uh, taking classes and doing training. They uh, they work with you every step of the way, and um, I can guarantee that because I've talked with students who um, have have gotten the training and have been placed in positions and they are just as happy as can be. um, It's simple. Go to mycomputercareer.edu. There is a free career evaluation. You can take that. And if you feel like uh, this might be something you want to pursue, you can get trained in just one to two days a week online. That's it. It's not labor intensive at all. Um, And it is also not rocket science. If you're not great at math or science, don't worry about it. Uh, it's not rocket science, as they say. It's my computer career, but it's, uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty easy for most people to grasp. And once you get through the training, which you can do in as little as four to six months, and you're ready to go out into the workforce, my computer career will work with hundreds of employers to get you placed. So, uh, again, financial aid is available if you're eligible, including the GI Bill, and, uh, so they really work with you from beginning to end. They got the, uh, financial aid. If you're, uh, if, if you're, if you qualify for it, they've got that, uh, your training is only one to two days a week online. Um, and again, four to six months, you're ready to go. They work with hundreds of employers to get you placed. So they try to make it as, uh, painless as possible. And, uh, they're just truly very, very, uh, people oriented people in that, uh, in that organization. So my it's training for a better life. And we continue here. We were talking about, uh, the cup race and the fact that Jimmy Johnson retiring, um, from full-time competition anyway, don't be surprised to see him back, uh, for a race or two at some point, uh, with, uh, Chip Ganassi racing, probably I would assume, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe in a third car, if, uh, that can be put together for, uh, a race here and there, but he's really focused on IndyCar. That's what he wants to do. And I wanted to talk about Clint Boyer a little because my goodness, has there been a more entertaining driver, uh, that's, that's been in NASCAR in the last 10 years, 15 years, other than Clint Boyer. I mean, the guy that, that, that comes to mind for me, if it isn't Clint is Tony Stewart. And that's obviously his boss, former boss now, cause he's going to the Fox booth. Um, but Clint's just one of these he's a good old boy that's really what he is um you know he's 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 a midwest boy he's a dirt tracker at heart that's where he started um but uh you know he's he's kind of a a bit of a throwback i feel like james uh, he's kind of a um if i can use the phrase uh, beer drinking hellraiser you know um and not in a in a bad sense he just likes to have a lot of fun and uh you know a, and he's a great guy to be around um, and I think his – his the, the the things that make he and Jeff Gordon different about their personalities, James, I feel like are going to make the chemistry in that Fox booth as entertaining as it could possibly be.
2: Oh, I agree with you 100%. I think that it's going to be awesome to watch uh, the booth with Fox next year. I think that those two in the booth, they're going to have st- – So much fun up there together now that they're both out of the sea, reminiscing about when they were on the track together. And even stuff going on nowadays, I think they're going to be great because of just their attitudes together. And Clint Boyer, as you just mentioned, he was a media guy. I didn't get to cover media in NASCAR at that time. I was just working in it. Right. But looking back on everything that he's done, the way he was as a person, and all the stuff that you look back on uh, now that I am into the broadcasting profession, he was a media guy's dream. Yeah. He was.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. The, those of us who who do the media, you gravitate to people like Clint. They're they're what you see is what you get. They're very authentic. They're not always the most polished, you know. Um, and and again, you know, I I I felt like when Jeff Gordon was added to the Fox booth, um, and it became Mike Joy, Jeff, and Daryl Waltrip. Um, again, the difference in where jeff gordon was from and and daryl was from you know and the difference in their approach and whatever made them um it it made for a a really nice buffet of of types of personalities in the booth and mike joy sometimes didn't quite know how to handle the two of them i think and he's going to have an even harder time i think with clint and daryl oh i agree clinton jeff and
2: i I want to show just share a quick story real quick with clint um I won't use any names or anything, but I was at the racetrack helping a young man who's probably about twenty, somewhere between eighteen and twenty. Okay. Um, and he he has um, I can't autism, and uh. he wanted to meet Clint, and he we went over there, and I was just there with him at the time, and we went over and we met Clint, and Clint actually let him get in the car, showed him everything, and all that stuff, and that moment for that young man was incredible. Wow. He wasn't just a kid. This guy that when he went over there and did this either. He was he was somewhere probably between the ages of 18 and 20. Uh this kid was and went over there and it was pretty cool.
1: Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's see again. That's, you know, that's Clint in a nutshell. You know, um and he you know, it it's it, uh, he's just a he he's a very funny guy. He's a very down to earth guy. He just loves to have a good time. Very intense on the track. Um, you know, very we were talking intense, earlier yes. about how.
2: But he's a competitor. He wants to yes. win. I mean, Johnny Sauter is the yes. same way. He wants to go win. All yes. of them do. They don't want yep. to go finish second.
1: Yep, and uh, you know, so it's. Uh, b- but again, like you said, that's where the radioactive came from because yeah. you know Clint could be um, adult. Uh, oriented let's put it that way on on the radio and uh sometimes it was a contest i think uh to see how many bleeps he could get yeah um, I, agree. I think he uh, i think he kind of enjoyed that after a while uh but he uh it, again from the competitor's aspect we're going to dearly miss both of them yeah you know um and we we've got so much young talent in the sport but these guys again you get to that point and you become um you know the veteran and and you you need those and, and uh I wonder how many of these current twenty somethings are still gonna be racing into their forties. You know, it, yeah. It, you, you it, we we obviously won't know for twenty years till they get there. There's so much young talent in, but, to follow. It's how right. long will they
2: how long will they last before the young talent replaces them because yeah. it's moving up so fast.
6: Yeah,
1: exactly. It is really is changing. So uh again, the sport's gonna miss them both. Uh, and and Chad Kanous uh again, you want to talk about the improvement that Hendrick Motorsports is making. Well now Chad Kanous instead of focusing on one car is going to focus on four. Yeah. That's essentially his position as I think it's director of competition. He's, he's basically overseeing all the teams and trying to help all of them to have what they need to be able to be as competitive as they can, which means he's going to be free to help all of the crew chiefs. And, and uh, you know, Cliff Daniels is still uh, new to the organization as far as the crew chief uh, side of things just this year. And, um, so you've got Rudy Fugel coming over, uh, from from uh, KBM, and you know so Rudy will be getting his feet wet with William Byron next year, and uh, you know the other two crew chiefs still going to be the the most same. championship driving, yeah, championship
2: winning crew chiefs, uh, yeah. uh great guys, yep, Xfinity championship, and then you got the one that just won this year in Gustafson. So well,
1: Alan Gustafson, and uh, yep. of course he and Chase, you know, Chase going to no doubt be the uh, the veteran in terms of the driving yeah. part of it, uh, and and boy, uh again, I, I just feel like it took him ninety nine races to win, and he won his first win at Watkins Glen. Yep, I was there for that. I was too. Um, and then you know, you look at what he did this year and how many races he won and how, how dominant he was on the road courses, there's six of those on next year's schedule. Mm, so that's crazy. <laughs> It, you think about, you know, Chase winning five this year, you think about um, he could win eight or ten next year if, if he continues the dominance on the road courses. And then you bring in this new car that's coming that's more of a sports car-esque kind of car that's going to handle and maneuver extremely well on road courses.
2: And did you notice that they came <laughs> out today? Might have been yesterday. Might have been late last night. But Mr. Hendrick came out and said that Jimmy and Chase were both running the 24 Hours of Daytona. Didn't say what oh. they were running in, but I did see a thing that said they were both running in the 24 Hour race. Of Daytona. I did
1: not hear that. Wow. There you go. See, that's what I'm saying. It's, uh, you know, the, uh, the the. I think the scene gets set very nicely for Chase Elliott going forward, because again, he's, he's a, he's a road course ace. And when you add more road courses to the schedule and then you bring a car to this, that, that just is going to make road course racing. It's kind of going to be a much more natural road race kind of car with the independent rear suspension and all of that. Uh, Boy, Chase Elliott could have a very bright future ahead. You don't want to, you know, I, I mean, I don't, it's hard to imagine five, six, seven championships, but boy, he could certainly get, get, get a, a pretty good, uh, good number of them. So, um, and the idea that they're going to go around the 24, he and, uh, Jimmy, I assume that's, uh, as teammates, uh, one would think. So we'll have to see, um, what more information we can get on that.
2: Um, all I got right here is a quote from Mr. Hendrick. It says both of our guys, Chase and Jimmy, will be in the 24-hour race. So I'm looking forward to that, Mr. Hendricks said, as part of his post-race press conference. Wow. So um, okay. now that, to me, assumes it would be next year.
1: Yeah, you would think. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see how that uh, turns out. But that should be a lot of fun. Okay. We're going to step aside when we come back. Our last segment for the night nightly lap continues, presented by Victory Custom Trailers, right after this.
8: For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.
10: Hi, this is Derek Gross, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back. League Lap continues, presented by Victory Custom Trailers. Tom Baker with you, James Mellick with me, inside the WSIC studio in Statesville, North Carolina, on um, a rather uh rather pleasant fall evening. It's been in the uh, high seventies all day here. And I think it's going to stay pretty much that way through the uh, work week anyway, down here. So hope uh, everything's good where you are as well. We also crowned a couple of other champions over the weekend that we can uh, take a look at as well Uh, in the Xfinity series, Austin Sindrick. I think that has to be a bit of a surprise uh, to a lot of people. I don't think he was most people's first pick to win the championship. But uh, he made a really slick move late in the race that paid it off for him. And um, man, I'm happy for Austin. He's uh, This is another kid who's proven himself in many different types of race cars before he ever got to the stock car world. Uh, Really avid road course racer. And I think somebody else that... In this newer era of Cup, where we're expanding the road course schedule, and uh, looks like Xfinity's going to see that next year. He's going to run another year with uh, the Xfinity team uh, from Team Penske. So uh, we could see another championship from him next year. And uh, he comes into the Wood Brothers in 2022. And uh, again, James, uh, Austin just did an incredible job all year long.
2: Yeah, Austin did a fantastic job. I had the opportunity to work for Austin. Uh, I don't want to say it was his first full-body start, but I was working on his ARCA car when he went and ran his okay. first ARCA race. We were running a part-time scheduled LFR at that time, and we were aligned with Penske, and I went and actually worked his first two ARCA races with him. Oh, wow. Very, very, very humble young man. Well, I ran into him. Um, I think it was last year I ran into him, and I haven't been on the road in three years now, and I haven't worked on his car when he got started for probably almost five, I'd say, yeah. or close to. And, um, I was walking down Pitt road and Austin saw me, I didn't even see him. And he came up to me and started talking to me and asking me how everything was going and carried on a full conversation with me and made sure everything in life was still good. Um, just very, very, very humble.
1: He did the exact same thing with, uh, with me at, uh, Charlotte. Um, I think it was two years ago. Um, maybe it was last year. I guess it was a little bit last year. One of the races, I don't remember which one we, I was just walking the garage area and, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think, uh, Chris Burdock was with me. We had, we were doing some video stuff and Austin, Austin was sitting inside the garage in a chair and he looked and saw me, um, and literally waved, got up and walked over and, and said, same thing. Hey, what's up? How's it going? You know, what are you Very doing? Humble. And, uh, I said, Hey man, can we roll some video? And he's like, sure, let's do it. So, um, you know, we did it and, and it just wasn't even an issue. There was no, well, you know, my PR guys got me on a tight schedule or whatever. Austin isn't, isn't that way. Um, you know, just a, a super down to earth kid and boy, <laughs> he has really learned. It, it seems like the last half of the year. And again, it, it isn't as though Chase Briscoe, um, you know, didn't run well or whatever, Um I mean, it's just is not
2: his style of track, he said. And he said a post-race, he said, I don't run oh, good here.
1: I mean, Austin uh, was and, just amazing the last uh, – he yeah. he got hot uh, around midseason and just uh, basically stayed that way.
2: Yeah, um, I think it was – I want to say it was Jacob Sillman that actually put it up online. Uh, people were saying that it should have been Briscoe because he won more races, but he even – did the points laid out? He said, if you just do the points straight up, the 22 scored more points than the 98 did yep. all year. I, mean, that's... Um, I believe it was Jacob who put that up on Twitter that I saw.
1: Yeah, it's uh that's the thing. It's like, you know, you, you really, um again, this whole, well, if they did just like with Harvick, if they, if they were doing the deal away, he'd have had it with two races to go. Well, big deal. They're well, not.
2: The, but the 22 would have still won the championship, <laughs> though. In that this way, case, right, it that the 22 way. Yeah. still
1: wins. It's like, you, you know, you can't – look, if you don't like the playoffs, that's fine. But, but stop trying to make the case for somebody that we – it's not the rule anymore. We don't do it that way anymore. It gets so frustrating to see people try to um, make whoever won the title – Insignificant by saying, well, if we'd have still been doing it the way we should be, Kevin Harvick could be or whatever. And in this case, it wouldn't have mattered. Cindric wins anyway. So, you know. I I think what they got is perfect. Honestly, I I think what they got is great.
2: I mean, look at all the other professional sports. They have to win and keep going to play for a championship, too. And that's exactly what NASCAR is pretty much implemented. You yep. win and you keep winning and you keep winning and you keep winning. You'll have a shot to win the championship. Exactly. And that's how you have to win football, baseball, all of it. So, so
1: you know, Cindric won the race, won the championship. And, uh, of course, in in uh, this particular series, his – the other three guys that were eligible, Justin Allgaier finished fifth, Justin Haley eighth, and Chase Briscoe ninth, Chase Spahn late in the race um, – and I really thought Justin Haley would run better, and they did early, but then it just sort of went away, uh, and that's too bad. But uh, Haley, again, coming back to Colleague for 2021. Briscoe going up to Cup to take over for Boyer in the 14. And uh, Algar, I think, is also coming back to junior. So, yes, he is. Yeah, so, but I hear a
2: lot of people giving grief, though, and I'll ask you on your opinion. Okay. I hear a lot of people giving grief to Chase Briscoe for that late race spin. They're saying that he did that Intentionally. Um, a lot of people were saying, and he's like, "Well, I know what it looked like. Um, what do you think? I don't think it was an intentional spin."
1: Well, I, I don't, I don't know. I've
2: heard, I've read why, things online.
1: Why would you do that?
2: They were thinking to close the field up to give everybody a better shot for the championship because because everything was so spread out at that time, and he was so far back that maybe if they did a pit stop and he came in and got tires, but and everybody didn't. else did. Um, then it would close the field up and give everybody a, a different champion or outcome. So they were giving him grief over it.
1: But there, there really was, I mean, the last, I mean, obviously the last pit stop that they did, you know, everybody did what they did, but then there was no, once Cindric got out front and you know, everybody was saying, well, you know, wonder if he runs out of fuel or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there didn't seem to be any worry about that. Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I hadn't seen or heard that. I, again, I think that's silly. I, you know, what if he did and he got away with it? I guess. Uh, I mean, it didn't help.
2: No, because that's what you he know. said in his post-race <laughs> interview. Because he said to him, he says, well, I, "I know what I it looked. That. I know what it looked like." Basically, implying. It looks like I I spun intentionally.
1: I mean, I I just thought that he just got into the corner, hot, and just lost the handle, is what I thought. Yeah, I mean, he was just racing. Trying that's what I thought
2: it was too. Push honestly. the
1: car, you know, you're not you're you're not in a position to win at this point. You're trying to make up, and you're trying to and I and I I thought it was just a brain fart, personally. Yeah, but I,
2: I don't think anything was intentional. Like myself. That's it my opinion. It didn't
1: look intentional to me, um, you know. And I I don't know that that, that that's that's. Uh, who knows? Um, I'm not going to say it wasn't because I'm not in his head. And neither is anybody else. So um, it, it, if he did, it certainly didn't help. And, uh, you know, whatever. So we'll go on to the trucks. Uh, and Sheldon Creek gets the championship. But I got to tell you, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, you know, you, get, you got Zane Smith. Um, you had Moffat. This, I thought this of Of all of the races, I thought this was the one that really was right down to the wire and the most exciting race to the end um you know creed uh getting the win and and again, congratulations to sheldon what a what a run for him,
2: yeah, he put on a, a race there for sure i mean he wasn't the the one who led the most laps in the race, yeah um but when it counted and when the trophy and championship were on the line, he's the one that prevailed.
1: Well, and the strategy was what really – I mean, he restarted he, – he went to the pits yeah. and took on tires, restarted ninth going into overtime. Yeah. You know, I mean, I – for all the world, I'm thinking, no way. And not going to happen. And he went from ninth to first. We
2: saw somebody else do something like that. I think they went from eighth, not quite ninth. Wasn't that Brandon Jones earlier yeah. this year?
1: Yeah.
2: Um. It was an incredible race that that uh Sheldon Creed put on for sure and I for sure thought until that caution came out late I thought Brett Moffin had it locked up.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it uh Zane Smith finished in second. Uh I man I, again, I I really felt like this was Zane's opportunity and he did everything except win. Yeah. You know, you can take nothing away from him. He gets another year uh at GMS Racing and I I think uh he's He's going to be um, determined, let's just put it that way, going into next year because he was not happy with finishing second in this race because, again, he felt like he should have won. Um, and, you know, really just uh, kind of incredible. Uh, and even Moffitt, uh you know, was was just, he was the he leader. Was,
2: he was leading, yeah. you know,
1: at, at the restart and ended up tenth because everybody took on tires and blew right by him.
2: Yeah, that was a tough one for him, and you, know, you could definitely tell in his post-race interview he was frustrated. Uh, he he was. was. not; He wasn't happy, um, but that's part of racing, and usually that's you're going to get raw emotion like that after a championship with a driver, yeah. and he was frustrated. I mean, you can't blame him he for was. that. He
1: um, I really kind of thought uh, he overdid it a bit, though. I mean, he uh, I'll put it this way. If he was trying to not come back, Next year with GMS, uh, I think he probably got it. You think he signed that one? Yeah, I think he signed it if it wasn't signed before. I think uh, I I think it's signed now because that was really it's like, you know, everybody has input into whether they pit or not. And I don't think you can you know, you can you, you don't you never blame the crew when you win. Um, so, you know, I don't think you can blame him when you lose. No, you you're a team. You win yeah, as a team, I lose as a
2: team. It's all one I don't like thing. seeing
1: that. That tells me something about, uh, Brett Moffitt that, that it, to me, that's a, that's a black mark. So, uh, Chandler Smith, a strong third, Christian Eckes is finishing fourth and Rafi Lasard a nice run for fifth. Uh, Moffitt finished 10th, went from first to 10th. And that's a tough one. Yeah, uh, definitely a tough one for sure. Uh, but, um, you know, I, and I'm sure that uh, now Grant Emfinger is going to be our guest on the Inside Pass next week. And I, uh, I it'll be interesting to talk with him because, uh, you know, he talked about the fact that they just didn't have the short run speed to stay with. Uh, everybody finished 13th. Um, so, you know, his championship hopes never really got off the ground in that race. Uh you know, he just was not as fast as the three GMS cars who ended up, uh, they would have probably settled it amongst themselves yes. um, until that last caution. And then you get Sheldon diving into the pits and, you know, a couple of the other guys that said, you know, we can't, I don't think we can do this without pitting. So we're, we're going to pit and and uh, and do our things and um, see and just gamble. And, and it paid off for Sheldon. And, and again, here's a guy who came from a very aggressive form of racing, in the off-road kind of stuff, he had to, he's had to learn how to manage cars, trucks, um, how to manage his his racing vehicle, and it's taken him until this year, I think, to really kind of get that mentality. You know, I don't have to lead every lap.
2: You yeah, he definitely I, developed this year. I agree with he you. He really sure. has.
1: Uh, Jeff Stankowitz, who was his crew chief in ARCA. Um, once he came to the back to the pit box last year, it it changed Sheldon as a racer, and I think the two of them this year really had a good plan all season long. And uh, really, congratulations to Sheldon did a did an amazing job. It was now. Did you think that Phoenix?
2: I think they proved that they were really good. Every, all them races were competitive. All three of those championship races were competitive, pretty much until the end. Uh, until Chase pulled out with a pretty good sizable lead there at the end of the race. It was a competitive uh, weekend for championship, I think. So you you
1: feel Phoenix is worthy?
2: I think they should keep it there again at least one more well, year to they see are. what it does. Yeah, yeah, I think it is there yeah. next I mean, year. it's yeah. there again. Yeah. I believe they've yeah. earned yeah. that right. Um so. And if you want to start floating it again, I believe so. But I think they earned it after this year. Only
1: so many places you can float to in November. Um, That is true. you'd never know that by the weather we're having here now. They could have run it at Charlotte. Uh, But it would have been 75 and sunny all weekend is how that would have worked. But uh, this show is coming to an end. want to thank uh, MyComputerCareer.edu Victory Custom Trailers uh, for their sponsorship. Thanks to the folks. with WSIC radio here in Statesville for being such uh, good partners and gracious hosts. Uh, thanks to James Mellick, of course, for uh, stellar production work and uh, to all of our guests as well. Until next Monday, when the next lead lap show begins, I'm Tom Baker. See ya. You've been listening to lead
0: lap radio powered by HMS motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at HMSMotorsport.com. Lead Lap Radio is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube and visit RaceChaserMedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of the show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media.